0: Welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show, with me, your happy host, Rosaria Cirillo. On the show, we talk about the various roles happiness plays in our individual lives and in business, and about the benefits that being happy brings, and we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness. Join me and my guests on this happiness journey together, and get involved by visiting our website at happinesscontribution.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Happiness Contribution Show. This is Rosaria, your host, Italian, living in the Netherlands since 21 years, this week actually. Um, and I'm a certified customer experience trainer and professional, and also an Happiness Certified Trainer, Speaker, Advisor, and Corporate Trainer on all things customer experience and science of happiness. And I'm also the author of Yellow Factor, a book which talks about nine ways that companies can contribute to happiness for customers, employees, and society overall. And in the happiness contribution show, we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness and how we can contribute to our happiness, our own happiness and others' happiness, both as individuals and as business leaders. And in today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Shy Klomp Butters, Functional medicine consultant, founder and founder of Contagiously Healthy. Welcome, Shai. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mazari. It's
1: a pleasure to be here and I'm honored to have been invited. So, thank you.
0: Welcome. So, Shai graduated from the University of Montana with a bachelor's in science and health, of science in health and human performances with a focus on exercise, science, and corporate wellness. And after over 10 years in corporate business, she decided to go back to her root in health and wellness and graduated as a functional medicine. And she will tell more us all in the details. And now what she does, she shares her knowledge both with big corporations and individual clients to educate, inspire, and empower them to move step by step into a place of sustainable wellness and vitality. And as always, i like to share just a few words about also how do I connect with Shai and we go back years, like so long that it was like three trying to figure when exactly. But we have shared the Amsterdam business networks, and we have shared red dinners with common friends. And ultimately, in 2020, we also started to work together. As my child was actually my consultant, my health consultant, as I was coming out of a very tough period in 2018, 2019, with very high stress, a day a day, and so on. So I really addressed with her and improving my nutrition all those uh, issues but now without any further ado i'm passing on the uh, the voice to shy so welcome again and let's start with the question who is shy both as Yay. a human being and as an uh, individual in business
1: uh, thank you so much rosaria um yeah who am i i mean i'm a mother of a gorgeous 10 year old little boy almost 11. Uh, a wife. I married a Dutch man, hence the crazy last name. (laughs) Um, As you can probably hear, I'm American uh, that's living abroad, so also kind of an expat similar to you. Um, And I've been living here not 21 years, but gosh, I think I'm on 18. So also quite a long time. And yeah, like I I love all things related to health, obviously, with uh, what I do with my profession, but I also love to dance and be outside and be in nature and just, um, really. Yeah. Connect with, with, um, with people and, and, and be active as much as possible. So yeah.
0: Cool. And our first question is always, what is your definition of happiness? Ah, I love
1: that. Yeah. I think happiness is, I kind of equate it to freedom because I think when you're free, um, you allow yourself the ability to be happy, right? There's no constraints. So, um, and freedom in being able to kind of speak your voice and be confident in that freedom and choosing, you know, how you feel fuel your body and being confident in that, mm-hmm. choosing um, freedom in, in what you do and how you create your to live your best life. So I think freedom for me, I think that all, uh, that's kind of the basis and foundation of how happiness resonates for me
0: and what does then contributes to that freedom for you so i always say and let me bring it up so if we imagine that we have those nine factors of happiness what um of those factors contributes the most for you inward, so towards you to your freedom and your happiness where do you focus the most on
1: Oh, that's a great question. I love this. Um, so I love these different petals. Um, I would say probably foundational is health, right? Like mm-hmm. our body is is the only house that we will have forever. And if that is not feeling optimal, then it makes it really hard to feel healthy and happy. Right. So we need to feel really good in our body. So I think that's probably obviously one that really jumps out. And I think the other one, which I am continually working on and, you know, having a young child helps, but play Mm -hmm. creating space for joy. You know, we call it in functional medicine, we call it vitamin J or vitamin F. So I love that. yeah, vitamin joy or vitamin fun, because, because they are, that is part of overall health. And if you are missing those, then, then they're, you know, we're not, we're not fulfilling everything that we should be fulfilling um, as far as what's needed for us to function optimally. So,
0: yeah. I love that you mentioned that because in a lot of those conversations, I always ask these questions and actually play always comes down as the one where people score also the lowest. Oh, and really? the one where they have to work the most. So yeah. it's, it's uh, I think you are one of the first that says that you are already doing it rather than being like, oh, this is the one where I have the lowest and I need to do more. So in fact, if I ask you, where do you think you may need to work more because maybe you're not working enough on it yet and it's still important. Is there any of those ones where you say, oh, this one I'm really missing and it's actually important to my happiness?
1: Yeah, I think probably simplicity. (laughs) Simplicity and I think maybe kind of slowing down is what I kind of, because I tend to be um, very active and very, um, I like to be doing multiple different things. And I think sometimes that is at a disadvantage of being able to really zone in and focus in and hone in on like, yeah, just relaxing. You know, I think that's another area, right, where, we've kind of lost the gift of, of being able to truly relax because we, we have mobile phones, we have, you know, these things that are constantly keeping us busy. And so like, we want to make sure that we're not focusing on those, but like when we have a conversation that we're really engaging. So just, I think being simplifying life in general, I think for me, that's one.
0: I, I, again, I love that you mentioned that because I really experienced it. That was for me the first thing in, in, in Juna was for an entire month in Nepal. And the first challenge I had was in fact to slow down. The first mm. two days, that was such a thing. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking that I could do here for a month? I'm like, but then after the first couple of days when indeed I learned to slow down, then it was possible to to fully relax into that. And, and what about your uh, petal outwards? So, is there also uh, how do you contribute to other people' happiness? Do you recognize one that uh, it's more important here for you and that you contribute the most? to? Mm,
1: that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it simple. I mean, I think there's a there's a lot that resonate, but I think sometimes just a simple smile mm. um, is super powerful, right? And and just connecting with others. And I think maybe that's kind of the, I don't know, American side of me. I remember actually, a girlfriend and I biking, like we used to mountain bike when I was in high school all around the city I lived in. And so we'd make it a competition to kind of smile at people or say hi and see what kind of reactions we would get, you know, and it'd be fun just to see like, I think that's such a powerful way to contribute and especially in big cities when People are kind of really focused and honed in on walking and doing and getting stuff down. Like, I think those simple gestures can go a long way.
0: Absolutely. And it's funny also that you mentioned smile as the first one, where I would expect more health since you have made of health your entire uh, uh, yeah life and, and career. So can you share us, you found it contagiously healthy. Can you share with us a bit more about your journey? How did you move from corporate to contagiously healthy and why?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, health is obviously foundational, but I think sometimes it's the simple things that can be really powerful as well. Um, but for how I transitioned from corporate to contagiously healthy is kind of my own health journey. This is kind of what it happens with a lot of us uh, who are in kind of who are in the functional medicine realm. I would say is that um, I dealt with my own issues with infertility. And in doing that, I, I went the medicinal route for uh, four years to the point that I gained weight, had acne, my eyebrows turned orange. Like I just mentally, physically, emotionally no longer felt myself. And at a certain point, I just kind of stepped back and I was like, OK. And I was I'm always researching. So I was constantly researching. And even with my IVF doctor, I was taking a new research. And she's like, where do you find this stuff? Like every time you come in, you come with, with something new. And at a certain point, I found that gluten and processed sugars can cause inflammation, so much inflammation, the last thing your body's thinking of doing is cause is, you know, conceiving uh, a baby. So I thought, Okay, let's, let's do this. So this was January 2011. And at that time, gluten free and like sugar free was not so common. So it took me a few months to just research like, and I was not the biggest, like, my husband was actually more the cook in our family. So I really had to kind of, get a handle on what this was going to look like. And so um, I prepared and then March 1st, I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm going to give it one month. I'm going to see what happens. And within three days, I felt like a massive transition. And it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to happen for everyone, but I will say usually within the first couple of weeks of of changing your diet, you should feel, um, you should feel some adjustments. But for me, my di- digestion became regular. I never had, I mean, maybe it's too much information, but I never had regular digestion. So I was like, wow, okay. Um, and then that means like having a bowel movement daily. You know, that was like mm-hmm. a new concept. And um, I had energy, brain fog that I didn't even realize I had lifted. You know, my eyebrows gratefully turned back to the regular color, no longer orange. The acne went away. my um, I lost weight, like just so many things that happened, but I—I I, it felt so good that I kept it going. And actually eight months later, we had done another IVF uh, in the fall, in September that year, and it didn't take. And I had actually researched to do a new procedure in Belgium called IVM in vitro maturization. They didn't offer it in in the Netherlands at the time. And so we went and I had to check and see if if I was uh, of age to be able to do that, if my eggs were of good quality, good enough quality to do that and they were. And so I was really looking forward to like getting started in January and then we conceived naturally and had, you know, so,
0: um,
1: so really powerful. And I think that just really reinforced like, wow, food is food is information. Food is powerful, right? Like really huge. And I will say I was also like stressed with my job. And I also started learning about Uh, EFT and breathing and meditation and, you know, so started looking at stress reduction. So I mean, it was a kind of a combination effect, you know, it was, it was really um, powerful in that respect. So yeah, then I ended up going back to school for nutrition, and then back to school for functional medicine. And, and in that I actually even with functional medicine, put my own asthma into remission. So I was on an inhaler, and um, constantly getting sick, like probably two times a year that would take me down for about three months. And I just was like, wow, this is not, this is not sustainable. And within two months of starting the school, I didn't tell anybody within two months of starting the school, I put my asthma in remission. I was off my medication. We traveled to the States. I didn't get sick. That was like unheard of. And, um, and I, it, I didn't say anything until eight months later when I, had my lung function test and my doctor gave me a high five and said, what did you do? You have, you are showing no signs of asthma. Like what did you do? Amazing. So, yeah. so
0: you're mentioning more, more often functional medicine. What is actually functional medicine? Can you share it with us?
1: Yeah. Great question. So functional medicine is really looking at the unique individual, your unique health history. Cause we all have our own health histories, right? Even if we grew up in the same household with a sibling, we still maybe have broken a leg or had different issues with our own unique health. So it's looking at your your unique health history from from birth uh, to now, and then it's looking at any signs and symptoms that you've presented with, any lab work that you might have had done, and then it's looking at any um, and then basically it's putting that all together to get to the root cause, and then using you know I kind of map it out and map out the interconnectedness what might be causing what and then using nutrition, lifestyle changes, targeted supplements as needed, as well as uh, maybe some lab testing, whether that be conventional or functional, to bring the body back into a state of optimal wellness and vitality.
0: Excellent, and it sounds like you really managed to do that by applying it to yourself. And I can see we experienced together, so I went gluten-free as well while working with you, so I can validate. Also for me, it made a lot of difference in the status inflammation. And funny enough, now again, in Nepal, I got to experience for one month not eating meat while I'm normally a big meat eater, and I realized, oh my God, like just what you said, suddenly, I felt so much more energy than mm-hmm. I ever did, and I'm like, what does this do to my body so it's uh yeah, really interesting how sometimes we don't probably we don't take enough time to explore what does it change if we stop doing something and we just keep in our routine without even realizing how our routine. Impacts us. Do do you see that also with your clients that we tend to be stuck on our paths without ever trying to change them?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess I I will say the people that I am blessed to work with are ready for change. Like they're coming to me because they're they're kind of tired of feeling this way, and they've they've experienced like they've tried lots of things. You know, they've tried the conventional route, and I have the utmost respect for conventional doctors. I think they're amazing, and we are so blessed. To to have them, especially for serious accidents and things like that. But I think sometimes with the chronic illness or autoimmune disease, it becomes a little bit more challenging to navigate. And I think this is where functional medicine really shines, because we're really looking at the body and where there's inflammation and where, you know, if we're looking at lab values, we're looking at where we want to optimally be. And you know, when we're outside the reference range, that's where. You know, disease is. So we want to make sure that we don't get there. And if we do, we want to kind of rein it back in. So it's really, um, yeah, it's really looking again at the whole unique individual and, and uh, how we can optimize their health and, um, and ha- people need to be motivated to do it because it's not a quick fix. It's not a one and done. So I think, yeah, the people that are coming are motivated and they're ready and they're looking for something new, just like you said, to kind of get out of their kind of habitual, but they just don't know what to do. They've like read a ton of things online maybe, and they've been trying lots of different things, but nothing's just really, really stuck or helped them. So
0: So, uh, what do you, because uh, so you say the people come to you when they have already kind of made that choice um, to, to change. What do you think gets in the way of even arriving to that point and to just choose for a more healthy lifestyle? Because I mean, it seems like a no brainer, you know, like we all should want to be more healthy, and we all kind of know or should know that what we eat defines who we are and how we feel. So what gets in the way of actually understanding that and then taking the action to change it, you think?
1: I think that's the million-dollar question, and I don't know that I haven't answered that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the question. But I mean, just from my experience, I think I think it takes something like kind of don't know not catastrophic but something where people are like just really fed up and feeling like crap or they're like there has to be something else you know and so i think it takes something like if we're feeling so so if we're feeling okay it doesn't trigger us to make a change it's normally just when like when we're really scared about our health we're really scared you know i mean i will say i think When you become a parent, you start to be a lot more conscious of like, wow, I want to be here for as long as possible, right? That's motivation in and of itself. And when you're not feeling good and when you start to see your health deteriorate, then you're like, okay, no, this, I'm done. Like, I'm ready to make a change and I need to find something that's going to help me.
0: Now it goes back to what you mentioned with the infertility. You know, it really seems like we need that trigger to go, oh, I have infertility, oh, I have asthma. Or sometimes, yeah. but I feel like I also, I also with menstruation cycle, we just accept that it's painful and we're going to have headaches and that we're going to be sick for two days. We kind of assume that that's what it belongs to it uh, without sometimes even assuming it could be different. I mean, again, now I'm noticing we changing the diet and not having meat. I had no painful and no headaches, restriction cycles, and it's like, but I would not know unless I happened to try it because I was in a country and in an academy where they did not eat meat. Uh, but otherwise, you just accept that it take, that's what it belongs to. So it's a uh,
1: well. I think that's so true. That's a great point because I mean, there's so many people like for me. Again, I'm being very transparent and very vulnerable here, but like, I didn't realize it wasn't normal. It's like to not have a bowel movement every day. Like I just thought yeah. every three days, is this all right. And I had no clue that, no, actually we should be having one, if not multiple bowel movements on a daily basis. That's how we are cleaning out our system. Yeah. you know. And if, if we are not having that, then that's concerning. So like when I, sometimes I speak at schools and even with young children, one of the things I say, and you know, I mean, poop is kind of like this crazy word, right? But kind of the scoop on poop, what do we need to know about poop? We need to know that we need to be having that on. if you're not going on a daily basis, right? Like, I wish I would have known that when I was a child, because that would have been like a red flag. Like, hey, mom, I'm not doing that. Mom or dad, you know, like to start looking into things already, because. Because a lot of things when I really look at clients health transpire in their childhood, right? Mm-hmm. And so kind of like, if we can start to get to them earlier on, like also what they're eating, we kind of just assume like, you know, we can give them crap food as much as possible, and they're going to be okay, because you know, their metabolism is fast, and they're still growing, and it just stood it up. But actually, no, we're fueling their cells for later. And if we're fueling them with, with not so healthy foods, what is that going to end up for them down the road? What are we? Are we supporting their health down the road? Or are we causing them? Are we potentially causing them health challenges that they're going to have to navigate down the road, you know? So just, I think that that elevated consciousness of what are we doing? And, and I also want to just preface like you, I mentioned going gluten-free and you're like, yep, I went gluten-free. Not everyone has to be gluten-free. Not everyone has to be vegan. I, there's not a one size fits all, but I think playing with, I just want to highlight that because I think that some people tend to be like, oh gosh, like she's going to tell everyone to go gluten-free or this, or that's the only way. It's not the only way. I think there's multiple ways. And it's looking at, again, I think that's what functional medicine really shines, is we're looking at you as a unique individual. And what are your needs? And what what can we start trying and playing around with? It's not it's not a one and done type of thing. It's it's a little bit of exploration and kind of what we say is like peeling the layers of the onion that have built up yeah, over this years. That's, how we, yeah.
0: that's also how we work, you know. I'm thinking maybe that the one thing, though, that probably is bad for everybody i would say maybe it's sugar right yes. would you agree with that i know yes. you're also very involved with in relationship to sugar so can you tell us maybe something that we also might not know about sugar that, that we are supposed to know instead is there yeah okay
1: well i mean i think sugar oh man it tastes good right like it's really addictive <laughs> um but i think we all know that sugar causes inflammation right like that's just that's i i would hope that most of us know that um that sugar causes inflammation right and if we want to be reducing inflammation in the body that's one of the areas that we need to start focusing on so what i like to highlight about sugar is that um when we have when we're there's natural sugars and then there's kind of refined sugars right so there's uh, Fructose, which can be found in fruit, but if it's found in fruit, then like an apple, like if you're eating an apple, then there's lots of fiber in the apple. There's lots of vitamins. There's lots of minerals. There's no nutrients, right? So as you eat that apple, basically about 80% of that's going to be taken up in the digestive tract and like used, and usually only about 20% gets the liver. And the liver is where we, you know, filter, detoxify, kind of remove the sugar, the sugar that we don't need out. Um, and if not, if then it's stored as um, it's stored in the body as glycogen. So that will, you know, we need it. Like if we need it for energy later, then we have some. Now, if we're having a Coca Cola, for instance, what happens is that none of that is taken up in the body. There, it's in, we call this a nutrient deficient food. There's no nutrients in it, none. So what happens is that goes straight to the liver, hundred percent to the liver. And the liver is like, whoa, okay, I got a lot of glucose here. Like I got a lot of sugar. I got to figure out what do I need to do with this, right? And so it's like, okay, I'm going to get rid of some. I'm going to store some. I still got a lot to do with, right, to deal with. So then it's going to store that as adipose tissue, right? It's going to go in and store that as fat. So, you know, if we're trying to lose weight, if we're trying to reduce inflammation, we got to be really conscious about what kind of sugars we're bringing in and you know even the world health organization says we should have maximal six to nine teaspoons of sugar on a daily basis on average this is a study from 2015 so it's a little bit dated now but still not not so old um in the netherlands they have uh, on average 25 teaspoons wow
0: yeah and and then it's like I mean, I think when we look at what gets in the way, it's like if I look, like sugar is everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. like if you go to the supermarket, any product that you try to buy, if you look, sometimes even in the ham, I'm like, why? Why on earth would you need to put sugar in the ham? Don't put sugar in the ham. Why? So there for me, it's also where the link with businesses is very strong. And that's where like one thing that I evangelize all the time is that businesses have the power and the responsibility to our happiness. And that also starts with health so it's like again maybe it's a one million not billion question it's like why why is it that you think that businesses are still putting so much sugar into everything possible and is there anything that we can do as consumers or in, in, in as leaders in the company to reduce that and to i don't know challenge the status quo and make more people aware that sugar is bad that why are we just damaging ourselves? why?
1: Yeah, I love that question for sure. Um, I think there's some true champions, Robert Lustig, he's done a great um, video, you can find it on YouTube. I think it has like over 3 million views or something. And it's about, it's all about kind of uh, sugar and what it does in the body. And some of it is a bit scientific and a bit involved, but I think on average, like, you know, the average person can go and watch that and feel really inspired to make a change. Um, why is sugar (laughs) in everything? My personal opinion is that politics are playing a big role, right? Like people are getting paid to put this in their products. So there's like this kind of good old, good old boys, good old girls club, right? But I say kind of good old boys club where they're like, yep, especially in the States where it's high fructose corn syrup and that is in everything and that is really really uh really harmful to the body and we know that um, but it's in it's in it's in the bread it's in a lot of different things so um also like you say in the netherlands it's in ham it's in like you if you really start being conscious and reading labels you'll be shocked at what you know yogurt i i went into like the albert hines actually and did some kind of i called myself a sugar hunter and went in and kind of looked at cereals and the quantity of kind of sugar in cereals and recommended healthier options as opposed to like the high sugar content also yogurt yogurt people are like oh yogurt's so healthy there is some stuff out there that is really not healthy you know that's that's um kind of highlighted and marketed as being healthy so marketing is can be really creative there's also over i think now over 100 different names for sugar right they're they're renaming it because when you when we label something basically the quantity of what um, the majority of the product is made of, like the highest quantity has to be listed first. So what they normally do, like if it's wheat and then sugar, and then, you know, whatever's in like a baked good, let's say a muffin, right? So maybe they say wheat and they say cocoa powder and they say da da da, and then they put sugar, they put like, uh, glucose or, I don't know, glucose syrup or, you know, something, but then maybe they, they name sugar, they put three different types of sugar in it. So yeah, then I'm that right quantity right. is less, you know, it doesn't have to be listed first, right? Because if it was listed first, then you're like, mm, I don't think I'm going to take that. But you're like, no, it's, it's primarily wheat and wheat can be healthy. It has fiber. And, you know, so you kind of, it's, it's really deceptive, I will say.
0: Mm-hmm. You have done a lot of researches on this. Are there any brands that you would say they are doing such a fantastic job in actually reducing, if not eliminating completely, the sugar in their products? That those one you can really rely on. And I'm like giving you the example for another product that for me it's really like when I think of health. For my um, soaps and stuff, I, I try to use almost Vileda as much as possible. Because I know Vileda will only use natural product and will not use parabens and SLS and all of the harmful substances in the soaps. What about food? Is there any brand that you reckon we can trust a bit more than the other?
1: I mean, to keep it simple, anything that has no label. Hmm. Right? So anything that like broccoli, (laughs) you know, vegetables, fruits, like things that don't come with a label. You know, like that's going to be your best option and anything from that, like as far as other brands, I think I don't know that there's anything that jumps out particular. Um, I think there's some more kind of natural options that might be better that like still can be high in sugar, like um, dried fruit is very high in high in sugar, but that's probably a more natural sugar. Like there's um, oh, I'm going to forget her name. I met her and I worked with her for a little bit. She's lovely. She does these kind of raw, raw um, kind of nuts and uh, pecan bars and strawberry bars, and there you can buy them at Eco Plaza in the Netherlands. Okay. Lady fruit cake, lady fruit cake, and they are they are a bit high in sugar, but it's just if you're looking for something kind of sweet, it's all natural. Like again, there's nothing. She's not adding any unnatural sugars in there. So it's like dates and so it is sweet. It can be like, you, you probably don't want to eat a whole bar, but like if you save it and cut it into three, it could be a nice little something with a, a cup of tea, you know, to have a little treat. Um, you know, like the gluten-free products, we both mentioned kind of being gluten-free, I wouldn't necessarily recommend because a lot of them are filled with crap. So just because it's gluten-free also doesn't mean like it's healthy.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So I was it's really hoping that it would be a brand that is already doing something on yeah. uh, really because yes, vegetables for sure. But I'm like, if I look, I always try to balance also for in business, happiness in business with profits. Like yeah. so companies will my still want to, they still have to make profits. So it's like, but what I hear here is there is still a big opportunity for any company like that. which wants to produce breakfast, cereals, anything still packaged but to do it in a healthy way so it doesn't sound like anybody has really grabbed that spot yet no
1: i mean it's just it's really more than natural products so like it's greek yogurt right like greek yogurt is is more high in protein and and usually doesn't have any added sugars so you know just again part of i think part of really committing to a healthy lifestyle is knowing what you're consuming and reading labels And in the beginning, it can be overwhelming and it can be kind of like, oh my gosh, this is like really time consuming. But the return on investment is massive because once you start going in and knowing I can have this, I can have this, that makes it a lot easier to grocery shop and figure out what's going to be really, again, food is information, food is medicine. We don't put diesel in a car that takes unleaded and expect it to go and and like run beautifully. Right? Right. But we do this with our bodies all the time. And then we start wondering because it doesn't happen overnight. Like we don't have car lights, you know, that turn on and like buzz and say, oh, we have to check our engine. Oh, our gas is about ready to run out, right? We have this over time. It usually takes a good about 10 years before these, these sign and symptom lights start to really highlight and kind of debilitating signs and symptoms.
0: Nice. So we have looked at how, what we can do more as individuals. We have also looked at uh, what can we do for our customers, though we, we miss a brand that is really doing even more health for their customers. So what from the employee side, what can leaders and companies do to promote and support more sustainable wellness and vitality in their organizations?
1: Ooh, I love this question. So yeah, I've given a couple of talks recently at some corporations and it was so fascinating like i went in and they were having a meeting prior to to my speaking opportunity and i was talking about nutrition and stress reduction and i walk in and what did they have they had like get real bars that was the healthiest thing that they had like eat real i think or they're get real or something um which again they're kind of natural but there's there's glucose there's added sugars in there so they're not you know again that's marketing eat real it's all natural it's not so again reading labels is important um, they had chips, they had sodas, they had water. They had nothing. I mean, that was it. Like they I think they had some candy bars. And I was like, okay, so I kind of mentioned that in the beginning of the talk. I was like, you know, it's really interesting. I came in and I noticed what and they're like, yeah, it's just a one off. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of joking. Um, but I think part of it is is as an employee asking. You need to ask because if you don't ask, they're not going to they're not going to know your needs. They're not going to. And the more people that ask and say, hey, I was like, what if you all went and said, hey, can we have some chopped veggies with some hummus? Can we have some fruit? They had they didn't even have fruit, like even just like a banana, apples, you know, oranges, like easy things to to have available for these meetings and these sessions. Um, also, you know, I'm, I'm working with some corporate employees people that work in corporate and are traveling a lot and, you know, going to meetings and they're like, yeah, what do I eat? And how do I navigate this? And again, I empower you. When I was in, when I was traveling and I was doing events, um, you know, I, I was gone for four days and doing these long events and uh, and traveling to, you know, suss out the venues. And even then I would let them know ahead of time I'm gluten-free and dairy free and then they would they would accommodate me even back in 2011 in the Netherlands I remember going to a restaurant on Maastricht. it's not there anymore but I I called ahead of time and said hey I'm gluten-free and dairy-free what can you offer I've never had such delicious delicious gluten-free bread they made a special bread Mm. for me so I think part of it is is doing that I think as an employer I think is also accommodating these needs accommodating these requests like being open to change and maybe like taking the initiative and saying and adding um some healthier options and seeing what happens. Like assessing like what what is eaten more. Is that is there stuff left over there? You know, kind of seeing what's what's available. Because and
0: more, if you more needs
1: right it's healthier employer, healthier employees yeah. are gonna give you better results. If they're not crashing after having a candy bar in the afternoon, but if they're continuing to go in with a handful of nuts and some veggies and some fruit, right? And being creative with it. Like if you have a good chef or something, you can be really creative and make some fun things. And um, yeah, you're going to have better
0: results. I think you're going to have more more energetic and they will be more productive and more creative as well. So I think we are running uh, towards the last uh, question, but I know you have a beautiful model of maximize, minimize prioritize. So can you share also with our audience, what are your top three tips in those three areas? uh, Yeah, so
1: I feel like optimal health is not complicated, and it really consists of just like you said, maximizing, minimizing, and prioritizing. So this is something I really highlight. I I think I highlight it every session with each of my clients, because I really want to make sure (laughs) that, you know, that's something that is embedded, because sometimes health can seem overwhelming, especially when you don't feel good. It seems really overwhelming. I'm like, how am I ever going to feel better? So what do we need to maximize? I mean, there's just some simple things, you know, we need to maximize what's going to make us feel vital and healthy, and that's oxygen, breathing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, I think that's really one of the foundational things. Um, Oxygen, water, good clean water, making sure that we're hydrated, and sometimes that's putting electrolytes in it. You know, a simple way to do that is just adding like a a fourth um, teaspoon of like sea salt, himalaya salts to water in the morning maybe a little bit of lemon or lime stir it up and that's going to replenish your electrolytes so that's really good to make sure that you really are feeling hydrated a way to know that you're not feeling hydrated is maybe um a dry mouth um your teeth sticking to your to your or your gums or your lips kind of sticking to your teeth things like that maybe a swollen tongue so um that um i mean and then making sure that we're getting vitamins minerals nutrients antioxidants healthy proteins, healthy fats, right? Complex carbohydrates, all of this is really nutrient dense foods. Again, uh, Michael Pollan says it best, you know, if your grandma can't pronounce what ingredients are on the back of a package, do not get it. And if there's more than five ingredients, do not get it, right? So just kind of some simple things to kind of mm, keep in mind as you start shopping and and start shifting to a healthier uh, lifestyle. Um, And also, I really believe that who your health team is right like even if it's a doctor it's a partner in your health so mm-hmm. making sure that that feels good for you and if not then finding one that does so a dog any of your whether it be an acupuncturist a functional medicine practitioner a nutritionist whatever that is like making sure that you're in a partnership because that's really what it is you know your body better than anybody else and trusting that Minimize, minimizing, it's really a a few things. It's toxins, allergens, uh, infections, stress, stress in and of itself causes inflammation. We can drink green smoothies and have the most gorgeous, maybe ketogenic, vegan, whatever diet. But if we are high stress and chronic stress, uh, we're going to have inflammation that can raise our blood glucose levels in and of itself, Mm -hmm. massive and trauma. So it's really those five things that can cause um that we want to minimize and also negative thoughts negative beliefs like none of that is fueling us right so this is kind of your genre right like really focusing on happiness and and focusing on um a positive outlook and then um prioritize and prioritizing is what do you need for you to heal what are the things that uniquely that are uniquely like for me putting on some good music and dancing Oh, that just shifts my energy and shifts my mood and that there's nothing better than that, you know? Um, that's part of that play and fun and, you know, bringing that to life. Um, I think uh, getting good quality sleep is essential, right? Sleep is healing. Yeah, sleep, yeah. Um, sleep, rest, you know, like really resting and not being on the phone or not vegging out to Netflix, but like just stepping away and laying in a hammock, reading a book, looking at the sky, counting the clouds, like whatever that might be, like creating a space of true rest, Um, stretching, you know, it doesn't have to be like hardcore exercise, going for a walk in nature, hugging trees, if that's what your thing is, right? Whatever that is, grounding, walking barefoot, Um, all of this stuff is really powerful. And so whatever, I kind of call it your stress buster toolbox, whatever, or backpack, like what's in there? What do you know uniquely helps you reduce stress? Um, Because that's really important. Laughter, relationships, like You know just really
0: enjoying life to the fullest so yeah nice one nice so we are the very last three questions another quick one so which book changed your life
1: uh the alchemist
0: ah okay i don't
1: know if you've ever i read it when i backpacked around europe when i graduated from university and that forever will be such a profound book in my life i actually Anytime anybody's going through transition, I purchase it for them. Like if they're going through something hard or, you know, like unsure of what the next step is, that is a book that I buy for them because it's really talking about finding, finding your passion and doing that because that's what life is about is, you know, and it took me a while to get to mine, but I feel so blessed and grateful for finding functional medicine. I feel like I found my long last family. um, And I feel so blessed to partner with these amazing people that I am blessed to work with so and see them transition you know transform their health right so it's massive
0: nice last show that you binged and and loved
1: oh last show that I binged and loved okay this is going to be a silly one I will be honest and maybe it's a guilty pleasure but I used to work on cruise ships. And so I love the Below Deck series. (laughs) I don't know this one at all. Say that again? Yeah, it's called Below Deck. It's really like, um, they're like work on yachts. And um, so it has nothing to do with health at all. But it's just kind of my little, like, you know, I don't know, secret little binge. Um, But because because I worked on cruise ships, I think it's quite fun. So, yeah. Fill in the blanks. Happiness contribution to me is? Ooh, happy. I think, I mean... Happiness contribution is, like I said, I think health, having good quality health is freedom. And I think that equals happiness. So is happiness contribution is transforming, like partnering with with, with people to transform their health so that they feel optimal and vital and, and truly can enjoy life to the fullest.
0: Thank you. Any final golden nugget that you want to share with our audience?
1: Um. No, I mean I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think I think probably the biggest thing is just you know if you don't feel optimal, if you don't feel vital, um, if you kind of feel hopeless, I want to implore you that there are options and um, to to reach out and look for them. It doesn't have to be me per se, but just you know functional medicine. I think is is kind of this up and coming, really powerful, science based, rigorous. Um, opportunity to transform your health. So yeah, that's what I would say.
0: And if people do want to reach out to you or have questions, where can they find you? And how can they best reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so my website is contagiously-healthy.com. Um, so you can reach out there and and uh, I have a contact form that you can fill in. I also have like a Facebook page, Contagiously Healthy and Instagram. So those work. Um, and you can email me and I offer a a complimentary 15 minute intake session. So just, you know, if you have questions or this piques your interest and you want to learn a little bit more, or maybe you're dealing with some challenges and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if you could help with this or not. Um, I
0: invite you to reach out. Excellent. And we will put all your details in the show notes. So that was all for today. Thank you. Um, Any final thing?
1: Just thank you so much for this opportunity and for what you do. Uh, so gorgeously and bringing this kind of happiness and this, you know, radiating energy uh, to to all who know you. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, and then thank you everybody for listening. That was all for today. This was the happiness contribution show. I am Rosaria, and I'm committed to bringing more happiness into the world, one customer and one employee at a time, by empowering companies to achieve growth, productivity, and profits by cultivating happiness. If I can be of any help or support for you or your company with my advisory trainings, sessions, or programs, I would love to hear from you, so get in touch. In the meantime, keep following our podcast, taking care of your well-being, and connecting and radiating from the heart. Thank you all, and until next episode. This was the Happiness Contribution Show, available on YouTube as a webcast and on your favorite channels as a podcast. If you like the show, we would appreciate if you share it with one person that may benefit from it too. Subscribe to our channel and tune in for the next episode. You can find all the episodes and discover more happiness contribution tips on our website, happinesscontribution.com. That's all for today. Stay happy and healthy and nurture happiness contribution.